Hi, this is Commander Craig Lepkowski of the Lake Forest Police Department, and you're listening to The Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to The Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with my co-host, Scoo Walker, and we all live in Lake Forest. Scoo, we have a sponsor for the show today. It's NeuroNoodle. Get a doodle of your noodle. Now that we're starting to get back in live sports, your kids get a physical, right? Well, they should also get a brain map so you have a baseline to compare it to in case something happens on the field. How do you know when they got to go back on the field? Visit neuronoodle.com. Okay, full disclosure, I'm on the caucus volunteer committee. I'm an advocate of the caucus, and I'm trying to educate the community so we have more people volunteering to pitch in. I'm not a caucus or city government expert. Oh, boy, that's for sure. I do my best to bring on experts like Commander Craig here to educate all of us. Heads up, we're going to make mistakes on the show, and we will not edit our guests' comments unless they ask us to. We'll post corrections in chat and welcome people to come on the show to correct us. Okay, one of the goals of the podcast is to educate our listeners to the goings-on in Lake Forest. And today we're joined by Commander Lepkowski from the day shift of the Lake Forest Police Department. Do you even call it day shift now or is it morning watch? What We call it day shift, afternoon shift, and midnight shift. Because See, I've never been stopped by you guys, so I don't, I, I don't know. I think I just jinxed myself. <laughs> Commander Lepkowski, thank you for your service and thank you for coming on the show. Well, thanks very much for the invitation. Let's get to know a little bit about you. Where are you from? I know you went to Lake Forest College. Uh, so you're, you're, are you a local guy? How, how long have you been around here? Actually, I'm, I'm not. I was born in okay. the Dominican Republic. I lived in Puerto Rico for five years, moved to Kuwait, lived in Kuwait for six years, moved to Saudi Arabia and lived there for about four years before I went to boarding school in Massachusetts. Uh, took high school and college and lived in Spain for a year and then came to Lake Forest College. Worked as security at the college as a student and then thought law enforcement was a good option and got hired here and I've been here ever since. That's awesome. How, how do you know school? Are you guys neighbors or something? Or you stopped them a few times? Uh, how do you guys we, know each other, Scoo? We, we live in the neighborhood, and who doesn't know Scoo in town? <laughs> Hopefully good wise, not bad wise. That's that's right. Oh, Commander, I, I, I know you can't uh, show favorites, but uh, besides Dunkin' Donuts, ha-ha, what are your favorite places to go to in the city? Around here, I'm actually a big fan of Authentico. I'll go there for uh, some good Mexican food, do uh, Other Door up in Lake Bluff. Uh, my son's Girlfriend works at Chipotle. My son works at Chiefs. So go do Chiefs every now and then. Keep Joe on his toes over there. That's right. So, I mean, almost any almost any place in town offers uh, a unique experience. And uh, I try to avoid too many of the chains. And I like that we don't have that many in town. So what's going on out there, Commander? Here's the two big things. You know, I walk my dog. I run into school every now and then. And you know, that people know that I'm on the caucus and they get in my ear about stuff. And I try to represent the people. And we got two pressing issues. One's more of a safety issue. The other one's kind of a, an, an annoyance. The first one is these bicyclers that cruise through, I call them the Peloton Warriors. They hit that bike path doing 40 miles an hour. And if you don't keep your head on a swivel, they will take you out. You don't hear on your left, on your right, none of that stuff. What do you say we put a nice little trap out there, a couple squads by the little stop signs on the bike path, and uh, you'll make a, a couple bucks on the, on the tickets for those guys. 
Just saying. Yeah, I mean, we, we could. We could, you know, do a bunch of different enforcement ideas and things. We, we try to do the educational approach to it. Yeah. Uh, we try to get people to share the, the bike path and share the road. Lake Forest, years ago, I was on a committee trying to increase bike use in town and, and make Lake Forest more of a, a bike-friendly community. Part of the results from that committee are the uh, updated bridge over by Lake Forest Academy. It takes you from Elowa across the train tracks and stuff. So that one of the things we learned was people wanted to go more east and west. There's a lot of bike trails that go north and south, but uh, not so many that go east and west towards Vernon Hills or, or uh, Libertyville, things like that. We're trying to make it uh, bike friendly. We try to educate the public to bicyclists and bicyclists to the public and keep things safe. It's, it's a never ending battle. Well, somebody got educated last week, I heard. Educated by uh, SUV, Kapow. Yeah, Pop, those are those are few and far between. We do get some right. accidents and things. You know, the, the stats that I have right now in from 2017 until now, we've only had 25 bike involved collisions. So if you're looking at one, two, three, in five years, 25 years, you're looking at five bike related accidents in a year on average. So okay. it's it yes, it's a safety issue. But I think it's more of an annoyance and pet yeah. peeve than it is an actual safety. Yeah. The pet peeves are the, what people are telling me is like people are from out of town if they're having a problem with because they're coming from Highland Park or whatever. They're cruising through the area. Politics is only important to you when it affects you. So <laughs> I, I get it. Scoo, you got any thoughts on the bicyclists? I think I've seen you with your Peloton outfit on. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad sight. Where, Craig, when bikers are out there, they have to obey rules of the road just like a driver, correct? They do. Yeah, they are. They are expected. They're not. Bikes are not considered vehicles in the state of Illinois, but they are required to follow the any vehicle laws that pertain to them. Obviously, they don't wear seatbelts. They don't have to have a license plate. You know that kind of stuff. But anything, stop sign, stop light, things like that, they are. Uh, at this point, expected to follow those rules. Recently, I'm not sure what year, but they did pass a law that if a bicyclist gets to an intersection uh, and the light doesn't change after a certain period of time, they can go against the red light if they can travel safely, if there are no cars there to trip the light or, or anything like that. Other than that, they are required to follow the rules of the road. Even even when they're in these packs, if the light changes, yeah. or they, or how does that? I don't know how other officers deal with that. My, my personal is um, I, I teach bike cycling to, for police officers. I'm in charge of our bike unit. And I, the way I train officers when we travel in a group is treat us like a semi-truck. So the first two, we'll get to the stop sign, make sure it's clear. And then we all go through as a group so that we're not two stopping, then two stopping, then two right. stopping and getting separated as a group. So I, I tell people to imagine we're, if we're a group of 20, it's a, you know, about the size of a, a semi-truck going through the intersection. You know, and there, there are some that bicyclists that say they slow down and, and cruise through or, or coast through the stop sign. They're safe because they see that there's no traffic depending on the intersection and doesn't cause them to come to a complete stop and then take longer getting their speed up going through the intersection and, and causing more delays at the intersections and things like that. So it's a touchy subject for a lot of people. I'd love to do more enforcement of it. Unfortunately, we've only got so many officers and, and 20 square miles to, to cover, and, and we can't every concern all the time kind of thing. Craig, uh, bike rodeo, is that 
going on this year? We are not doing a bike rodeo that I know of this summer. The officer who was in charge of it has retired. We're looking to see who will take over the, the bike rodeo and the event and everything. But due to COVID and everything, that's sort of been put on the back burner right now kind of thing. I know it's a very popular thing. Love to love to get it going again. That's more a 2022 summer event, I would think. We just found out recently that things are opening up just like everyone else. We heard from the state that things are going to open up and the 4th of July event is expected to be almost full capacity as in the past kind of thing. Oh, nice. Uh, I think the amount of time and energy it takes to, to plan and find sponsors and coordinate schedules for the big bike rodeo that we do with all the vendors that we have show up and things. I'm not sure we'd have enough time this summer. You know, a lot of the vendors that we use have been hurt with the COVID. So I think if we give them this summer and the future to get things back on track, they'd be more willing to donate their time to the bike rodeo than right now when they're barely able to keep the doors open and the lights on. Is that a big uh, expense to get vendors and all that? Or It doesn't cost us anything. We don't uh, usually pay for too much stuff. We get people to donate. Kittles will come out and do bike inspections and, and sponsor things. We'll get some people from the hospital that come out and do demonstrations on helmet safety and uh, head safety, you know, brain trauma. We'll get uh, other vendors that'll come out and, and, and do some things. It's more trying to find time for them to all agree that this date works for them, that they can afford to send some staff. You know, Kittles is is a smaller, you know, family-owned business. For them to send two or three people to man a booth takes a lot out of them that day for sales at their store. And, you know, I think they'd rather have all hands on deck trying to make sales and, and make up whatever losses they had during the COVID pandemic. So I think we'll probably push the, a bike rodeo for next year and, and give people some time to recuperate and do some long-term planning and stuff like that. So, so where do the kids go to get their bike licenses now? They can go to Kittles. They can come into the police department. They go to MS. Um, most people in town that buy from Kittles, Kittles already keeps a record of the serial number and, and things like that. So if we have a missing bike or a stolen bike, most times we can go to Kittles and, and get the identifiers if the family doesn't have the identifiers to make the police report and enter the missing bike into uh, the law enforcement database and, and things like that. So Now, Scoo, you've been around 57 years. I'm going on three in uh, Lake Forest. What, what is the bike rodeo? We uh, sponsor once a year. We have a big, over the past 20 years or so at least, had a big bike rodeo where we have uh, cone courses. We teach kids bike safety, a couple uh, of okay. obstacle courses, things like that. Hand out helmets and bike lights and, and things like that, depending on what we can gather up from sponsors and, and vendors and donations and things. And a lot of kids come through, do their learn about bike safety and then some other stuff, you know, why it's important to wear a helmet, even though there's no law that, that says they have to wear a helmet. One of my pet peeves, if we're talking about bikes, is uh, the families that have their kids wear helmets, but the parents don't. If, if you've got a four or five-year-old kid with a helmet, I'm glad that they're safe. But if mom and dad fall down, who's calling 911 if they're knocked out because they don't have a helmet on? That four and five-year-old probably doesn't know how to call 911. You know, just because the kids are safe doesn't mean the adults shouldn't wear helmets. I, you know, like I said, I'm part of a bike unit. I, I teach public safety cycling. And our rule is anytime you're on a bike, you've got to have your helmet properly strapped on. So, well, Commander, if I'm Nero Noodle, if, if, there's an opportunity. That's right. We got, Nero, we, got to pro, we got to protect those noodles out there. No, <laughs> if I'm going to come on the air and complain about the bike stuff, then you should say, 
you should have your hand out to me, Commander, and I'll, I'll you know, wh whatever you need, I'll be your first sponsor on there. I'm right. dead serious, man, you know. Sounds good. I, I hate people that come up with problems that don't have solutions. That's a good solution. All right, I'm in. Okay, the second pressing issue, guys, okay, pressing, okay, coming from an inner city kid, inner city Chicago, pressing police issue, poop, dog poop, at least in Lake Forest. I can understand if you don't pick up after your dog, but people are picking up after the dog and then leaving the bag full on the lawn. What is that all about? <laughs> that, that, that is just Stupid. rude, rude behavior and uh, probably due to, due to laziness, right? I mean, <laughs> when I, I walk my dog and I pick up after it and what's nice about Lake Forest is anywhere downtown, when you're walking through the business, there's tons yeah. of trash cans all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we need more in some places where people walk dogs, but you know, right. it's not, not for me at least. It's not that difficult to to carry the bag for a little while and find a proper place to dispose of it. But just leaving it on the lawn. I mean, that's just a. I think we got to give out tickets for uh, being uncool. Quote me on um, that. If, if it's something that we that we spot that we can observe, uh, yeah, we can. Yeah. Okay. Issue, well, like know. I say, when I'm walking around town, that's an issue. So, like, politics only affects you, you know, when it affects you. Then number three, sort of on a serious note, Commander. Now, we had the pandemic. All right. In 100 years, maybe this will come up again. You, you had groups protesting, whatever side is protesting. That Market Square lawn, people are telling me that's a public park. If that's a public park, then it's your job to protect it. If we could figure out a way where it's not a public park, maybe the the businesses wouldn't have to board up and whatnot. Is any any of that ring true? Is it just because people want to go to that market square protest and then the businesses who are hurting, then they got to board up. They were telling me they're spending five grand for the board up. I know that maybe that's a one-off event, but do you have any thoughts on that? Can the voters like change what that little square piece of lawn is at Market Square? Anything's possible, I guess. Uh, if the if the city is willing to to sell a plot of land, then somebody can buy it, right? Yeah. Um, my my big thing is nobody told the businesses that they should board up. I believe they took it upon themselves because they were worried about what had happened in other cities. Right. Right. Uh, so we had no indication that anything was going to be violent or get out of hand or anything like that. You know, obviously can't stop people from protesting or marching or uh, putting up displays and, and things like yeah. that. We had what I thought was an appropriate public safety response to the situation and everything stayed calm. No danger came to anybody or any business during the protests that we had in Market Square. So, you know, if, if a business doesn't want to board up, nobody was making them board up. I guess I understand their concern because you never know where things are going to go and yeah. lots of rumors are out there and lots of stuff gets spread on, on social media. But, right. you know. Well, if, if they're going to protest, I guess the other thing that they're saying, you know, for being a, a taxpayer is if you have to put more staff out there, it becomes more of an expensive thing if the people are going to do a permit, should they have to pay for the extra protection out there? I believe that there is a way to bill people. You'd have to check with uh, our yeah. chief on 
he, he knows more about the protest laws and, and in and ins yeah. and outs kind of stuff. You know, just getting back to your, can we make Market Square private? The problem with that is you still have the roadways, you still have the sidewalks. Those are public. People, you're just moving the protests from one location to another. Market Square, I thought, was not a bad location at all because it kept yeah. people out traffic it and it didn't really interfere with any traffic trying to get through if you stop them from using the market square grassed off area then they're gonna find another spot get into the roadway or onto the sidewalk and block pedestrians and just have less room for them to gather and and share their thoughts and and then you know say their piece and and move on it's it's a it's a balancing act for sure right you got to balance everybody's rights their right to speak and everyone else's right to and uh, everyone's right to safety and, and stuff. So, you know, that's that's what makes this, this country great. People Amen. can do this protesting. It's our job to defend everyone's right to speak up, but everyone's right to safety as well. Now, Craig, do they need, I've heard different sides of both, both issues, but when you're protesting or demonstrating, do you need a permit like you do if you're renting out a park? I don't believe you need a permit. I believe that they did reach out a few days before the event or one one time, I think it was one day before the event, just to give us a heads up kind of thing. Um, and obviously we'd like more of a heads up so we can yep. make scheduling officers and barricades if we need or whatever, so that we can keep things safe for everybody involved. But I believe they were nice enough to, to give us a heads up. I don't believe if you're you know walking on public property that you need to give any notification or get a permit. You know, just recently we had some, I think some adults gathered in front of the high school, as long as they stayed on the public sidewalk, no, and didn't block the, the sidewalk from other pedestrians and things, they're well within their rights to get out there and hold signs and share their opinion. So, so you can't suggest to them, oh, take it to West Park or South Park if we, they want we, to do it. We can certainly suggest that if they come to us and say, hey, we'd like to protest and you know, we can recommend West Park, but they may say there's not yeah. enough traffic in West Park. We want to be seen. We need people to see us and hear our message. Gotcha. Um, you know, then we can at least work with them and say, OK, how about within these hours? Give us a, a rough time frame of when you're going to be out there, how many people you're expecting so we can staff it, maybe get more garbage cans out there for uh, trash and litter and some water stations if needed. You know, whatever, you know, we'll help them accommodate, help them plan. You know, we, we plan special events all the time from Lake Forest Day to century bike rides that come through town. Uh, and so we've got the experience where we might have some suggestions for them that might help them have a better event for them kind of thing. I'm complaining about trying to balance this podcast. How the heck do you do a commander out there in the streets? It's we, You know, we've got years of experience and lots of different <laughs> people at the department. So it's okay. not all just. Now, one person, we got 40 sworn officers from the chief down and we all bring different skills and different talents to the table. So, well, thank you for that. Okay. I've done my beefing. what can we do for you, commander? You know, what we'd really like is for people to lock their cars. That's all. Just lock your cars. If you leave them in the driveway overnight or even in the daytime in front of a store, get in the habit of locking your car. Don't leave property in the cars. Don't leave key fobs in the cars. Don't leave key fobs in unlocked cars. You know, we had a we had a, a rash over the last few years of people coming up, 
just all they do, we can see them on security cameras. They just go driveway to driveway and try doors. And if they find an unlocked door, they rifle through the car, look for fobs, look for cash, look for, you know, anything of value that they might want to take. And, and they take it and the car. And a lot of times the car is used for joyriding or just as a, hey, look what I did. Crime. I was able to steal a car. Uh, and, and at least two instances that I know of, we've had uh, cars stolen in our town used in uh, shootings down in Chicago. So if people could just get in the habit of locking their cars, and it's not just our area. I was just teaching a class in Naperville, and they've got a nine o'clock routine uh, campaign going there as well. Lock your car, mm-hmm. you know, leave, don't leave valuables in the car. So it's not just our suburbs here in Lake Forest and Lake Bluff, but elsewhere, you know, Libertyville, Vernon Hills, Gurney, Naperville, they'll, they'll pick a different suburb a night and go and just try door handles and things. And if people could get in the habit of locking their cars, eventually they'll move their attention somewhere else and know that our residents are locking things up. So that's we put signs on ours and we leave the keys, say, take our car, but no one takes it. Please take our car. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be the number one thing I'd, I'd really like people to know about and, and to practice as much as possible. The other, another thing I'd like them to do is call us when things happen. Uh, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times we get calls because people don't want to bother us in the middle of the night because they think, you know, I don't know why, why they think we're not out and about and doing stuff on nighttime. I think they're just more in the habit of a nine to five workday or lifestyle. Yeah. So day shift officers will get a lot of reports of things that happened overnight. Oh, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, I saw this suspicious vehicle in my neighbor's driveway. Unless there's video cameras set up somewhere on a property, we have nothing to go on if they come in at nine o'clock in the morning. Whereas if they called at three o'clock in the morning, there's not very much traffic out there. So the midnight officers could get out there and probably, hopefully, uh, have a better chance of locating that suspicious vehicle and figuring out what's going on. You know, if you see something, say something and say it quickly, you know, call us, you know, 911 works 24 seven. So give us a call and we'll get an officer out there as soon as possible. That's two. You got That's a third? Two. Sure. I just want to share some of the community programs that uh, we offer uh, on a pretty annual basis. One, you know, scuba up, bike rodeo. That's one of our annual outreach program things. But uh, I encourage everybody to do the Citizen Police Academy. We do it two or three times a year, depending. It's a great, it's a 10-week program, three hours, one day a week in the evening. That's a great way to see, to, number one, to meet different officers because they have different people instructing and, and presenting on what they do for the police department. And it's another way to see what the police department offers and what kind of training we do, how we hire people, uh, the different challenges that we face, uh, how challenges have changed over time, uh, the equipment that we have. You do a ride along, you uh, shoot on the range. So I highly recommend our Citizen Police Academy for anybody who lives and works in Lake Forest, Lake Bluff to uh, sign up. It's free. They just have to get on a list and uh, depending on our classroom size, I think we take about 20 students. We cut it down the last couple of classes because of COVID so that we could stay socially distant. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great 
Great program. We do Safety Town with Gordon, which is with little kids from, I believe, preschool through like kindergarten, maybe a little older, fourth grade, might be K to four, preschool to four. We go and work with Safety Town where they talk about uh, train safety, bike safety, home safety, how to call 911, when to call 911, how to remember your mom and dad's phone number, uh, things like that. Uh, And we're uh, very happy to get involved in that as well with uh, the fire department and uh, other organizations that help out with that program. We do leaders talks at the middle school where we talk uh, to middle school students about uh, online safety, texting safety, behavior, uh, pro- appropriate behavior for, for middle school students and how to transition to the high school when you're faced with other decisions and other behaviors that you have to, you know, control or, or manage. Uh, We do safety talks at the priest at the K to eight schools, whether they're the uh, public schools or the private schools, we get in and, and do bike safety and train safety and other uh, stranger danger type talks and things like that. We have a juvenile citizen police Academy that, didn't go on this summer because of COVID and everything, but we'll probably be kicked up again uh, next year that we offer to uh, middle school students. We do the donut cup and the donut bowl. The donut cup is uh, floor hockey at the middle school. And then we have pizza and uh, obviously donuts and do a question and answer session with any of the students that stick around and, and stay for the pizza and the donuts. And it's basically ask a cop anything type program mm-hmm. that we do Roya. And then the donut bowl is a flag football game with high school students also through Croya, same sort of thing. We, we play the game for 45 minutes or so or an hour. And then we have pizza and donuts and do ask a cop anything type of half an hour, 45 minute session. When, uh, when we, Todd does that with you guys, we want to be part, part of that. Are you keeping track of all the stuff we're going to do, Scoo? I'm writing it all down. We're doing the rodeo. So it's like we're yeah. politicians. We're making all these promises. But no, that <laughs> we've, we've had Todd on, and we, we would love to be part of Croya and, and part of the, the bowl. That sounds like a lot of fun. The bicycle yep. helmet, we want to be a part of that and the rodeo. Commander, do you think, are you projecting when the summer hits, everyone's going to pretty much have their vaccinations and feel comfortable about going out? Do you think we're going to have a surge of crowds or is it just going to slowly trickle up? Any thoughts on that? Uh, I have no scientific data to base yeah. anything. But then then you're know, on the right show. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no knowledge, no intelligence, no nothing. So this is a show to be on, right? Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> I'm, you know, my gut feeling is that we're going to get a big surge of people at 4th of July events, at the beach. Uh, walking in the BD, uh, sorry, the, the business district. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hitting the stores, hitting sweets, going for those ice creams now and hanging out and uh, walking dogs and biking and all the stuff that people were doing more individually. I think people are going to keep those habits, but do them more in group settings. I'm thinking we're going to have block parties and uh, backyard parties and, and yeah. family gatherings and friend gatherings and uh, all that kind of stuff. Probably pretty soon here, as soon as the state opens up, I think uh, it's going to be a great summer for get-togethers and reconnecting with people. I, I'm not a mental health expert, but I know there's a lot of mental health 
going on right now. A lot of issues with the Zooming and the non-contact yeah. with people and, and the non-socialization and, and stuff like that. And I think people are more than ready to reconnect and, and get those those bonds back together and, and get back in person with people. So I expect, I expect we'll see an uptick in activity, an uptick in yeah. traffic, an uptick in, in your pet peeve of uh, bicycling groups and probably more dog poop on the lawns because people yeah. be in groups walking dogs now instead of individually. So, yeah, all right. uh, but it's, it's, it's a healthy, uh, healthy attitude. And I, I'd love to see more people outdoors enjoying the outdoors. You know, privileged problems is what we call it. Scoop privilege exactly. problems. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, you guys still uh, going to be doing uh, tours, police and fire departments. Or yep. that, did COVID knock that out? No, we still do tours. Most of our employees, you know, without asking or doing a survey, most of our employees got vaccinated. So we're able to walk around our building without a mask unless we're in contact with the public or if there's an employee that asks us to mask up, then we'll mask up kind of thing. So, you know, we had our, our CPA, our Citizen, Citizen Police Academy still was held, you know, small groups of, you know, Boy Scouts or a kindergarten class that wants to come in for a building tour, I believe uh, we'll be opening up for that uh, with no issues. Uh, any set dates? I think the didn't the fire department do something last year, two summers ago, open house type thing? I have not heard anything. It's usually in uh, October-ish. And usually we don't really start planning for that till mid-summer. So um, if they are going to do an open house, most of it is outdoors. So we could do it even with a little bit of COVID anxiety if there still is some in October, November, we'll probably hear more about that if they are going to do one. Probably August, late July, August is when they, when we will start uh, planning and, and doing stuff with that. One other, one other thing you didn't mention, but you did mention Fourth of July is going on. What about the greatest Wednesday of the year, Lake Forest Day? I actually heard on uh, Facebook that Lake Forest Day is a go. So I'm not in, I'm not in charge of the police response to that event. But uh, I expect it to be fully staffed and fully attended by everybody on uh, Lake Forest Day. So all the supervisors get assigned different uh, special events for the year for figuring out our manpower and our staffing levels and things like that. So I'm not sure who's in charge of Lake Forest Day. I've, I'm in charge of the Fourth of July event. So I'm working on who's going to be stationed where and how many officers we need and all that kind of stuff for that at least who's playing 16 candles i forget if you uh i think the city email that went out friday had uh, a blurb on it or a little section nice. on it 16 candles is the headliner and i forget who the uh opening band is Pete's band. I, know, I know they had uh 16 candles uh a few years ago and people enjoyed them then so 80, 80s people love the 80s it's great oh yeah <laughs> Well, Commander, I mean, this is awesome. We, we appreciate the work that you do because, I mean, if you weren't out there, I mean, shoot, all people are complaining. Uh, I'm a coward. I'm a wuss. Thank you for doing it. Not a problem. We, we enjoy what we do. It's, it's, it's uh, a call in for a lot of us. So what, what about the boys in red? Uh, you know anybody on the, uh, the fire department that we should bring on here? Give them some. Uh... Well, you did give me a heads up that I needed to recommend someone for you to yeah. talk to. And I immediately thought. They sit around in their lazy boys and don't do a lot. So why don't I pick on the fire? <laughs> okay. Um, all totally. Those are nice love, lazy boys too. Love, love, the, love those guys. <laughs> we are, we're like a family where we pick on each other constantly, but uh, 
there is a ton of love between the two departments. I, I would recommend uh, Mike Gallo. Okay. Uh, with the fire department, who is uh, I believe their administrative battalion chief or something like that. Yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, some yeah, yeah. over there. So he'd, he'd be a good contact to be stuck in this hot seat like me. Commander, this is awesome. Anytime you want to come on, it's almost like a, if it's a once a month type of thing, you know, you want to, you got any peeves out there, come on here and then, you know, we'll, well, you know, the helmets, parents got to wear the helmets. If you have your kids out there, we'll get that out. They'll be, they'll be first on the list. Thank we you, gotta, sir. We got to let the commander get out back to the Death Star there, whatever he has in his background. That's right. <laughs> well, well, thanks very much. Commander Lepkowski, thanks for coming on the show. Right. Oh, thank you guys. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about the upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete and can be reached at Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes show below. On behalf of my co-host, Scoo Walker, we thank you for listening. Cue the band. Cue the band.